0: Breaking the Cycle to Step Forward. Authentic conversations from lived experience and a professional perspective in overcoming abuse with Chris Tuck and Beverly Ann. Hi everyone and welcome to Breaking the Cycle to Step Forward podcast. This is Have You Got 5 Minutes? November 23 episode with myself Chris Tuck and my co-host
1: and for I do quite like these Q&A sessions because it's something different.
0: Short, snappy, concise, that's yes. the aim. Whether <laughs> we achieve it <laughs> is a different matter. So
1: what is our question this week, Bev? Well, we've had an email in and it's actually really interesting, especially as we were um, for speaking yesterday and hosting a workshop. So it's it's something that's really relevant to you and me it says how do you share your story and keep well Mm -hmm. and then the second part was I'm finding it a struggle working in the caring mental health sector and I'm feeling very stressed myself okay so So, uh,
0: a double question really isn't it how do you share your story and keep well and then another deeper layer Uh, the person sharing where they work and how to deal with stress, really. So how
1: would you um, respond to that? Well, as we know, we also have to look after ourselves. And I think a lot of people think it's, oh, we just do it and get on with it. But actually, the self-care is something that comes up leading up to it and being very mindful of what we're going to be sharing And when you're speaking in any format, when you're sharing any personal information, it's being mindful of who's your audience, but also how much do you want to share? Because let's be honest, we share different amounts in different areas, in different arenas.
0: Yeah, we do, don't we? We try not to go back to details of, abuse we suffered because we don't need to go back to the detail because we are potentially going to re-trigger and re-traumatize ourselves especially if we've not quite dealt with that particular incident experience that we're sharing or we might be in a phase in our life where feelings of past experiences are rearing their heads because of what we're currently going through so we have to be mindful of all of that and juggle that and I love the fact that you said not only do we have to prepare ourselves before during but even after that self-care is still taking place so after our workshop yesterday Bev How was you feeling afterwards, last night and today? Let's be honest with everyone.
1: Oh, yeah. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I literally came off because we were keynote speakers in the first Mm -hmm. hour, but there were three other speakers as well. So it was a full-time conference on CSA, child sexual abuse. And as as um, experts by lived experience we were there to share our timeline but Mm -hmm. also share the consequences and when I say consequences how it actually impacted us then as children but now as adults because there seems to be a disassociation so we were able to find words to feelings and emotions that maybe we weren't able to when we're younger so we're very aware there but I find, obviously, we're looking after other people and making sure that they're all safeguarded themselves. But encouraging people to also, it's okay to have these uncomfortable conversations. And they're not always comfortable. Let's be frank. You know, we do it all the time. It doesn't mean to say it rolls off of us. It doesn't mean to say it's something that we're always comfortable about talking. And so when you're doing that, alongside the technical Mm -hmm. and making sure the presentation slides etc are up you're you're working to a time schedule (laughs) you're trying to get across key messages aren't you yes
0: you know in a
1: professional way but Mm -hmm. also it is emotive so we're trying to bring in our own unique emotions um, and styles and and experiences So when it actually finishes, it's. I have to say, I have to shut the lid. There's, I, yeah. I can't look at anything. I shut the lid of the laptop because ours was virtual yesterday, and I have to go completely away. And I literally went downstairs, put the kettle on, and I actually stand outside for a while and do some deep breathing. Mm-hmm. I had something to eat, and quite frankly, I was zonked. So yeah. I actually went and laid down. I couldn't sleep. I was wired
0: right, okay, so you've got lots of adrenaline going on in your body. And and we don't want to give people the wrong idea that we shouldn't be doing this because we're triggered and we have a trauma response. What we're trying to share is we love what we do. We are good at what we do. We will always be doing what we do for the foreseeable future. Um, But it's just understanding from a caring and nurturing perspective what goes into this and what we need to do to take that self care so that we are always in the uh, good space mentally and physically so we can carry on with this work and we're trying to pass this insight onto other speakers and of lived experience and also to answer this individual person's question how do we keep well when we're sharing our story. What about you? What What about you yesterday? Obviously, we were messaging each other afterwards because that's how we check in with each other to make sure that we're both okay. We both went to get something to eat, didn't we? Um, What did I use? Oh, yesterday afternoon, unfortunately, I had other meetings to attend, but that's my way of almost coping as well is to keep busy and then gradually come down from something that was really impactful and 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 just brilliant from my perspective. What we delivered yesterday was was great. Um, and I love doing it. Um, so I allowed myself to come down from that, that buzz, slowly and gently, and then early night, food. Um, and then yeah, that's it really, because I knew that this week was going to be busy. So, I've got tomorrow off and I'm doing a massage, I'm going for a walk. So, I've got a self care day built into the week. Yes. So, if you can't build it into the day of doing your shared experience of your lived experiences, then make sure you can build it in around as soon as possible so you have that downtime. Because, you know, you've said so many times before, we are all different. Yeah. So this is what we
1: do. And and also, I'm very much a person. So I did what I did yesterday, rested, and then I was back on computer yeah. last night doing some different bits. and But I also know that in a couple of days' time, I will really be shattered. But that's okay. Yeah. Because my adrenaline will take time to really... Come down, come down, yeah. And I think that's important to understand as well. When you're in any kind of caring, mental health, social care sector, yeah. And answering the second part of this question, um, one of the most important things, and that we spoke about quickly, and we've said that we will actually do a whole podcast on this, so we'll be yeah. very direct. We all have our own experiences as a childhood okay now sometimes that includes big trauma Mm -hmm. and most people wanting to go into that sector are doing it because they want to make something better for other people because they have empathy themselves whatever reason so there is that underlying experience in in different ways yeah then you've got the everyday stress of life yeah you know working family you know, relationships. finances relationships yeah. yeah so but then we have what we call vicarious trauma yeah now this this is something that a lot of people do sort of instinctively know but don't actually know how to frame it so i'm just going to share that vicarious trauma is the accruing effect of being exposed to somebody else's trauma so it's trauma that you've not personally experienced but you've learned about from others. Mm-hmm. Now that's really important because sometimes we witness something. Yeah. So if you think of someone who's um you know, recording a film or a documentary and they see it, that's vicarious trauma. Yeah. If you're in the caring world, you know, mental health, every day when you're going to work. Yes, there are times you're going to laugh, but there's also experiences that you're going to hear and they will have an impact. And that's where building in time for self-care is vital. Yeah.
0: So obviously we've got the emergency services that see um, traumatic things all of the time. Um, So they're experiencing that like we did as children, we experienced abuse. So that's primary trauma. And then people who work with people who have got primary trauma suffer potentially vicarious trauma, which is also known as secondary trauma.
1: Yes. So thank you for explaining that in a different way as well, because it's always important. Yeah. So for me personally, this is where, you know, when we're doing, you know, our own roles. So as a practitioner, I will always restrict how many clients I see in one day. Mm -hmm. But I also set time aside before and time aside later. There's always time in my diary. Now I'm going to, I can sort of hear people saying I haven't got time. Yeah. But if you think of being on the airplane and you think of the oxygen mask. Yeah. And I remember when I had children and, well, I have got children, but when they were babies, (laughs) Um, when the air hostess was saying to us, oh, put the oxygen mask on you first and not your children. And I was like, no, I'm going to put it on the children. And actually now I understand you need the oxygen mask on yourself, then you can help your children and you can help others. And that's very much about self-care. And what we find is when we're in a caring role, it's very easy we've both had to learn this it's very easy to crash your own boundaries and keep caring for other people what happens when you don't care for yourself as well you come crashing down
0: yeah so in answer to this individual that shared this question with us it's about A culture of self-care within your own environment and then within the organization environment that you work within whether that be you are employed or whether you're in self-employed so you need to understand that you need to build all of this around you in order so in order not to burn out in order in order not to crash and in order for you to carry on with this kind of work this kind of role
1: absolutely um and when you think about it some environments are not very good in pro- promoting that when we're talking no. about employers you yeah. know and you know I can and this isn't a finger pointing but I remember making a statement to the police and the two officers happen to both be women because that's what I asked for I'm more yeah. comfortable in that arena and in establishing a relationship and getting to know each other to, to make make sure I was calm I've I realized that one of them had children so when it will finish the video in and giving the statement when it was all completely put away I did actually say to them please think of your self-care today when you go home and they laughed and I said it's important yeah, but it's not only that, I, that laughed. I know but you can't help it But it's important because they did such a good job. I wouldn't want them to burn themselves out. And they were asking for a lot of information. Obviously, it was a statement.
0: Yeah. And again, just reiterating what you've just said, all of my work, and I'm sure yours as well, but the work that I've done with police, social care, emergency services, my husband being a policeman, all of these, you can see that their workload is huge. You can see the workload is complex. The workload is very emotional most of the time. And over time, many years, decades even, working in the same field, they can, as human beings, become desensitised to their work because they have to, because they've seen so much. And in order to protect themselves, they almost have to become... Uh, desensitised to it a little bit but that obviously shows that they need time out, they need the time to deal with what is going on for them, they need time to share uh, what they've seen, what they've heard, discuss it and that's not often built into the culture of the organisation and if someone has become desensitised to their work we as individuals who may be asking for support or reporting, we pick up on that and we know that that person really hasn't got um, empathy for us and we're not likely to have a good experience because of that disconnect. So I can understand where they're coming from, but as someone that is trying to share real deep stuff that might not have shared before you want the person sitting in front of you to be empathetic and listening and not sort of like being almost appearing Mm. perception being disinterested because they've become hardened to what they're hearing because they've heard it time and time again in many different ways and they've probably heard lots of really horrific stuff Um, and I'm not saying this is all professionals, I'm not, but I'm just saying this is a reality of what's been shared. Mm -hmm. Um, So where we can build a culture of trauma-informed professionals that truly get that and part of their self-care, of looking after themselves because of the vicarious trauma, then they won't be in that position, I would like to think, where they come across as hardened and desensitized and uncaring which, which in fact they probably are not
1: absolutely and we all know that um that's a coping mechanism as well we know that because we've we've used that that coping ourselves. mechanism ourselves yeah. so we understand that and the big one that we haven't said especially when you're um in the caring mental health social sector um it's really important and I'm passionate about this. I know we both do it ourselves, but I do know quite a few people that I've spoken to in the past. They have never said it. And I'm vocal about this. You need to have supervision in whatever, whatever context. You need yeah. to have an outlet that you can unravel things, you know, yeah. even if it's the personal things. Because, you know, yes, we look after ourselves, but then sometimes our own personal things come up and that has an impact. So, yeah. yeah always always so, so do you
0: I think, think we've
1: answered that question I think we have um when we talk about self-care we are talking about lots of things we're talking about nurturing self food water rest yeah sleep time to sleep fresh air time to be yeah. creative yeah um, hobbies hobbies if it's emotional stuff you know find support even peer to peer even being mm-hmm. able to go out and laugh yeah, you know and 100%. share a few different things with colleagues not necessarily yeah. with people not in the sector share it and have a laugh and and really allow that time but be honest with yourself and check in and one of the things i always like using as a tool is Where is my, how am I feeling? Where is my emotional cup at the moment? And I look at it level one up to level 10. So if I'm feeling that I am maybe on level two, level three, it's like, whoa, I haven't got enough to give out.
0: Yeah, your your battery's literally gone low, hasn't it? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Your fuel source is low. Yeah. So last, any last thoughts from yourself, Chris, as we tie this one up?
0: No, I just think that whether we work for an employer or we are our own employers because we're sole traders, we need to understand the importance of self-care because of what we've described. We need to understand that our employer, whether it be ourselves or, you know, leaders in an organisation, they have a duty of care to you to help you with your workload, your work impact, and also you need time within your business, whether it be the sole trader or whether it be within an organization, you need time to actually deal with things that come up for you, and you know the workload should not be that intense where you you are not able to literally finish off one case, for example. Have a bit of downtime, whether it be five minutes and just grabbing a cup of tea before you go on to the next one. Because if you are just expected to work like a machine, not have any emotions, mistakes are going to be made. And usually that's the cost to a young person, a child or young person, or even an adult or a vulnerable adult. Uh, The service user or the case, however you distinguish your people that you work with you categorize them however whatever you call them they will suffer because your organization's not looking after you or you're not looking after yourself so you have a duty of care to yourself and to your organization and to your service users and your organization has a duty of
1: care to you yeah and one of the things I'm going to say is one of the sort of key signatures for me sometimes is if I start to feel overwhelmed Mm -hmm. then actually that's the time for me to step back yeah because often the more overwhelmed and stressed we are the more we think we can add in and we just go faster and faster so yes so our 30 minutes is up Thank you very much. Thank you very much. This person did ask that their name wasn't shared. And absolutely. But you know what? Thank you very much for sending in the question. And I will message you to to tell you that it's been answered. If anybody else has got anything that they want us to answer, please message in. And we will actually do a, a full podcast, I think, on vicarious trauma.
0: Yeah, we will. Okay. Lovely to have you on again Beverly as always see you and in you, the next Chris. podcast bye for now bye. everyone